clearness of the mountain air. Behind the station ran the wide dust streak that Cosgrave remembered as Railroad Avenue, and fronting this was a straggling row of cheap stores and cheaper saloons, catering for the most part to the Mexicans and the dusty trail hands, who, having corralled their charges in the loading pens, crossed the track for their first drink in days. Backing this row of shabby buildings was the business section of the town, and beyond, against the rising ground at the valley's edge, were the even rows of box-like white houses belonging to the merchants, the townspeople, and the retired ranchers, who, seeking to escape the rigors of range existence, had moved in to take up the doubtful pleasure of urban living. A corner of Cosgrave's mouth lifted, Five years, and the town showed no change. It sat there uncertainly, without belonging to the landscape, a man-made blot upon the beauty that nature had given to the country, as ugly and valueless as the piles of rusting junk which littered the brush beside the Mexican shacks. The Larkspur Hills, rising in the near distance, lifted their timbered slopes out of the desert dryness and the desert heat. Cool and inviting, they seemed, a gateway and a promise of beauty and peace as they merged gradually with the Munyard Mountains, white-capped, vague, and hauntingly mysterious along the far horizon. No Indian would venture into those mountains, and few white men had sought to clamber up their more remote peaks. It was a land of heavy timber, of rushing streams that hurried through deep canyons, only to become lost in the greedy desert sinks to the southwest. Colton, he thought, sat on the dividing line, where the desert came closest to the green-clad hills. It was spawned by the railroad, fed by the cattle and sheep which grazed the hot plain and worked over the rough slopes to the high mesas of the larkspurs, and swollen by the mines and timber from the higher mountains. The town drew upon beauty, but had none of its own. The men who lived in the white houses and labored in the stores had no sense of belonging to the land. They were a race apart, looking with equal suspicion at the dashing riders, the Mexican herders, and the hard rock miners who had drifted in from every state of the East and half the countries of Europe. Golden had become of necessity a troubled melting pot, where hatred and greed and uncertain suspicion thrived. It had been so five years before, and Cosgrave doubted that it had changed. The train slowed in the grip of the handbrakes, but it still had sufficient momentum to carry it over the double bridge which crossed the looping river and to slide comfortably up beside the yellow station. The card players halted their game. Leaving their cards and chips upon the table, they swung out for a breath of air. When the attendant lifted the girl's bags from the rack, she followed him down the aisle, carrying her wicker lunch basket in one hand and a birdcage with its unhappy canary occupant in the other. As she passed Cosgrave, her gray eyes met his steady stare for an instant. A red flood of color came into her cheeks, and then she was gone hurrying along the narrow aisle to the open platform beyond. What do you know? Cosgrave spoke half aloud. She actually knew I was on this train. (laughs) 
From the way she's been staring ahead these thousand miles, I'd never have suspected it. He grinned then, with the pleasure that any man experiences when he realizes that he's been noticed by a pretty woman, and came to his feet. So tall that he had to duck his head to keep the overhead lamps from knocking off his hat, he started along the aisle, changed his mind, and returned to the side of the sleeping fat man. He shook the drummer awake, saying, Colton! Colton! Then turned and headed for the end of the car. I should have let Fatty sleep, he muttered. Done him good if they'd carried him through to Ash Fork and he'd had to walk back. He grinned at the thought, caught up his heavy-treed double-cinch saddle in one hand and the blanket rolling saddlebags in the other. The load weighed almost a hundred pounds, but he carried it easily as he stepped onto the open-end platform and dropped down the metal steps, the tiny cinders grating beneath his boot soles.